What is spiritual warfare? Are demons real? Find out next on 41 Strong. Hey everyone, welcome to 41 Strong Podcast. Chuck Tate back in the studio with you. 41 Strong is a podcast that delivers encouraging scriptures and stories to help you hold on and stand strong. For more information about 41, about 41 Will Come, go to my website, chuckytate.com, or you can go to 41willcome.com, 41willcome.com. Well, today is episode 148, and we're going to answer the following questions. Is spiritual warfare real? What are demons? And if demons are real, where do they come from? How about the devil? Where is he? That's what we're going to discuss right now. As we begin, I, I want to share what a couple people, um, celebrities, if you will, what they think about spiritual warfare, and then we're going to find out what the word says. Now, there's a woman, I just read this article last week. Her name is Lindsay Snyder. She's the owner of In-N-Out Burger. All right? If you haven't had In-N-Out, get to the West Coast and go. If, you're ever in the, if you ever go to Arizona or California and you don't go to In-N-Out, something's wrong with you. I'm just saying. Now, Lindsay Snyder's 37 years old, the owner of In-N-Out Burger. Forbes estimates that she is worth about $3 billion. What you may not know is that In-N-Out Burger has scripture on the bottom of their drinking cups. John 3.16, they have another scripture on their fry bags, and they have another scripture on their coffee cups. And she pointed out in this article that many churches are afraid to talk about spiritual warfare. They're afraid to talk about demons, and she believes that Christians must be equipped to handle the demonic and be prepared to battle the forces of darkness. She went on to say, the battle over souls is being waged in the heavenly. We want to be on the front lines of this battle to save the lost and bring fallen Christians back to their first love. Bam! That's Lindsay Snyder. Now, Wesley Snipes, you might be familiar with him from the movie Blade or from him going to prison over tax evasion. He, um, here's what he had to say, all right? Back in 2016, I don't know if he's a believer. Lindsay Snyder is a believer. Wesley Snipes, he, um, back in 2016, was writing a new book comparing it, comparing it to The Devil's Advocate. And it was a book about spiritual warfare. He compared it to Constantine and Blade and his... His plan was to turn it into a movie. It's called The Talent of God. And here's what he says. There are spiritual questions. Are there demonic forces in the world that manipulate us into doing things that are not in our best interest or into accepting conditions that are not in our best interest? I believe the answer is yes. And I'll unpack that in just a moment. Let's move on. Taraji P. Henson, best known for her work on the hit television show, Empire. I've never seen it. I used to watch Person of Interest. Um, I actually um, um, did some binge Netflixing um, a couple years ago to watch that show with Jim Caviezel, and um, she played a uh, police officer. And um, anyway, here's what she has to say. Life is spiritual warfare, and it's dark against light, hate against love, and death against life. I just feel like it's unbalanced right now. Right now, it appears that darkness is winning, but I just know in my heart that there's more love out in the world. Amen. All right. Kim Walker Smith from Jesus Culture. 
You might be familiar with her. If you're not familiar with her, perhaps you're familiar with the, um, the worship band Jesus Culture. And if you're not familiar with Jesus Culture, I can guarantee you have heard and perhaps even sung some of their songs. Now, she recently um, struggled with postpartum depression, and I read an article how she used worship as an act of spiritual warfare to help her through this intense battle of postpartum depression and the doubt that came after the loss of her dad. Here's what she says. I think one of the greatest tactics of the enemy is to make us think that we're alone, that we're isolated, and that no one could understand that we're the, and that we're the only ones who feel that way. She says, that's such a lie, and I feel like that lie is exposed when we start talking about the things that we're going through. When we partner together and cling to each other to work through those things together, when we pray for each other, that's how we come out of isolation, defeat our enemy, and pull out of those tough seasons. Again, we're talking about spiritual warfare. We're going to read Ephesians 6 through 10 and find out what it says about an unseen world. What does America think? All right. There was a poll in 2013, a Harris poll, and it came to the conclusion that 74% of Americans believe in God. Now that's declined a little bit. It used to be 82%. Now it's 74%. All right. What's interesting is while 74% of Americans believe in God, only 36% believe that God created the heavens and the earth, which tells me a number of people who believe in God necessarily don't follow Jesus. They might believe in a higher power, but they don't believe that Jesus is God and that you can have a relationship with God through Jesus. 68% of Americans believe in heaven. Only 58% believe in the devil. That's funny, right? I believe in God, but I don't believe in the devil. When it comes to the devil in the demonic realm, here's what C.S. Lewis said. There are two equals and opposite errors into which our, right, our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. What does the Word of God say? That's our source. That's what we stand on, and that's what we're going to read right now. In fact, if you go through the Bible, you will see that there are about 84 references to demon spirits, to demons. That does not include all the references pertaining to the devil. Just 84 references alone to, to demons, 82 in the New Testament, only two in the Old Testament. There are 70 references to demons in just the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because we'll find when you read the Gospels that Jesus encountered demonic spirits on multiple occasions. And here's what Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel. That's the great commission. And that's something myself um, and many other pastors quote all the time. But often we forget the second part of what Jesus said in Mark 16, 15 through 18. Not only did he say, go into the world and preach the gospel. He also said, lay hands on the sick and cast out demons. So if Jesus said we need to cast out demons, then demons must be real. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Paul says, I want to give you a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
put on all of God's armor, not some of it, not one piece of it, but all of God's armor. Why? So that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. So we know the devil is real and he has plans. He has a strategy, right? He has tactics that we need to be aware of so we can combat him and so we can win the battles that we face on a regular basis. Paul goes on to say in verse 12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. I want to encourage you, read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. Highlight that, that right there, unseen world, all right? Underline it, highlight it, right? This tells us that there is a world out there that we cannot see with our natural eyes. It's a spiritual world. And if our spiritual eyes would be opened, then we would see angelic beings. We would see demonic spirits. We know that there is a battle that takes place in the heavenlies in the book of Daniel chapter 10. After praying three weeks later, an angel showed up to deliver Daniel a message. And when he did, he said this, I'm here in response to your words. In other words, because because you prayed, I am now here. But it took me 21 days because I was doing battle in the heavenlies. And Michael the archangel had to come and assist me. What's that mean? There's an unseen world. There are demonic spirits. There are angelic beings that are fighting, that are doing battle. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God's word says, I have come that you might have life. And when we pray, God's word says that angels are dispatched. They hearken, they listen unto the voice of the world, of the, the, I mean, of the word, not the world. They listen to the voice of the world. They act at the voice of the world. In other words, the word of God is angel food. All right, that's what it says, that when we speak the word, that unleashes that dispatches angels we know that um, the word of god says in hebrews that angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister on behalf of those who are heirs of salvation therefore if you follow jesus you believe his word then we know angels and demons are real. there's a real there's an unseen world there is a such thing as warfare, spiritual warfare, because Paul says this, not only are we're not fighting against flesh and blood, we're fighting authorities in the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places, demonic spirits in heavenly places. The New Life Version lays it out like this, our fight is not with people. It's so important to remember that, that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. That means somebody that you work with that irritates you or somebody that you're scrolling Twitter who you just want to block, somebody in Washington, D.C. that you can't stand, I want to remind you, they are not your enemy, but they are influenced by the enemy. People are influenced by the enemy. People can be attacked by demonic spirits. People can be possessed, not Christians, but unsaved people can be possessed by demons. Christians can be attacked and oppressed by demons. Our fight is not with people. Let's remember that. This past weekend at Rock Church, the church that I lead, I shared a story of a concert that I went to several years ago. There were three bands. It was Shinedown, a middle band, and then Skillet. I went for Skillet. They were the headliner. 
after Shinedown, which had a pretty good show, and um, there wasn't any profanity. It was just a clean, good rock and roll show. But the middle band was pretty perverse. The middle band was very filthy. They were swearing, and I couldn't take it. So I actually got up, and I walked out of that concert. And I waited in the lobby until they were finished playing so then Skillet could come on, and I would go back in. Ever since that day, I had a negative mindset about this band. Anytime I heard them or, or, or heard of them, I kind of frowned upon them. Somewhat a, a judgmental, self-righteous attitude. I didn't want anything to do with them uh, because of the experience I had with them. All right. I even forgot, hey, they're not my enemy. They're influenced by the enemy. It's impossible for somebody without Jesus to live like Jesus. Why? It's even hard enough for people with Jesus to live like Jesus, right? So instead of judging somebody, instead of being disgusted and pointing on our finger and writing them off, we should pray for them. In fact, Jesus said to love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. All right, they persecuted my ears. I should have been praying for them instead of looking down upon them. So here's what happened. Just a few days ago, I had a friend contact me and he said, Chuck, Chuck I got to share this cool testimony with you. All right, one of my favorite bands was this band that I saw that I walked out of. All right, that... And he said, a couple years ago, I had an opportunity to meet the singer. And I have corresponded with the singer. And um, I have prayed for the singer. And here's what happened. We were doing a video chat a couple days ago, and he shared this with me. And he took a screenshot, and he texted it to my phone. And here I am reading this message about the singer of a band that I walked out on several years ago. Here, here's what that singer said. To my friend, hey man, I just want to let you know that somebody invited me to a Bible study and I found Jesus. I gave my life to Christ. And then he went on to say, the peace that I have in my heart is unreal. What a cool testimony, right? What a cool story. Here's what's sad about that story. For several years, I never prayed for that guy once, but God loved him as just as he much loved him as just just as much as he loves me. And God had already set up divine appointments to rescue him. I'm not saying it's wrong that I wa walked out of. I still believe I would still walk out again. I'm not going to sit and listen to profanity and filth. However, I need to pray for those people, right? Rather than look down upon them or have a negative mindset about them as people. Why? Because the word says our fight is not with people. It is against the leaders and the powers and the spirits of darkness in this world. It is against the demon world that works in the heavens. The message translation says it this way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about a couple hours. This is for keeps. It's a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. When I read Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, and I cross-reference it, and I look at other translations, I can come to one conclusion, and that is this. We're at war. Man, we are in a battle. We are at war. And the good news is, if you read the Bible, you find out that Jesus already won the war. 
But if we're going to win the battles in the war, then it is vital for us to be aware of the enemy's tactics. We need to be aware of his schemes. That's why we put on the armor of God. This is why Jesus even reminded Peter, hey, watch out, Peter. The enemy wants to take you out. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this, for we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. So it's vital for us to be aware of who the enemy is and to know that he is real and his purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. We know from reading the Gospels that demons can inhabit people. They can possess people. There's a story, I don't have time to read it, but you can read it on your own in Mark chapter 5, where there was a demon-possessed man who was not living his best life. He wasn't living much at all. He was naked. He had ripped off his clothes. He had broken out of chains. He was hanging out in the graveyard. This dude's life was pretty much doomed. His only hope was Jesus because he was enslaved to demonic spirits. So Jesus encountered him, and the demons inside of Jesus recognized who Jesus was and began to talk to him. Jesus said, who is your name? What is your name? Right? Who are you? What's your name? And the demon responded in verse 9 of Mark chapter 5, my name is Legion, for we, not I, not me, but we are many. How many? Well, Jesus cast the demons out of the young man into a herd of pigs, and 2,000 pigs went over a cliff. That's a lot of demonic spirits. So we have got to guard our heart. We have got to guard our mind. We have got to use the Philippians 4, 8 filter. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, think upon those things. This is why it's important not to open up your mind and watch things like you know, horror movies. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Right? A spirit of fear. That means fear is a demonic spirit. So don't give in to that by watching stuff that's going to cause fear. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Don't allow the enemy to trespass on God's property. First Corinthians says that you are God's temple. The, right? the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. That means God is inside your house. You don't need a haunted house, right? Be on guard. Put on the armor of God. Be aware of the devil's schemes. All right, so you can go on the offensive with the Word of God. You don't need to read a horoscope. You don't need to call a 900 number to find out your future. Your future is already laid out in the Word of God. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. So where does the devil even come from? All right, we're going to wrap up the last five minutes or so of this podcast. All right, just to give you some information, where, where does the devil come from? Well, we know that the devil, Satan, his original name was Lucifer. We know that he was a created being by God. He was an angelic being. Ezekiel 28, 14 tells us that he was a guardian 
cherub created by God for the purpose of glorifying and serving God, but pride filled his heart and got him kicked out of heaven. You can read about this in Ezekiel 28. Verse 13 says that you were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day that evil was found in you. And because of that evil and because of your pride, it says that I banished you in disgrace. Verse 16 says, I expelled you. Verse 17 says that your heart was filled with pride because of all your beauty. Your wisdom was corrupted, so I threw you to the ground. In other words, Lucifer was cast out of heaven. Isaiah 14 confirms this. Verse 12, how you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, sun in the morning. You have been thrown down to the earth. All right? Verse 15 says, because of your pride, instead you will be brought down. When you look at the book of Revelation, you will read that one third of the angels followed suit. They rebelled against God, followed Lucifer, and they were cast out of heaven too. Revelations chapter 12, verse 4 says, his tail swept away one third of the stars in the sky and he threw them to earth. Revelations chapter 12, verse 7 or verse 8 says, And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. Why? Pride. Pride is the source of all that is demonic. St. Augustine said this, Pride is the mother of all sins that is pregnant with all the other sins. It's pride that caused Peter to fall. He was puffed up with pride after Jesus warned him that the devil wanted to take him out. He said, don't worry, Jesus, I won't deny you. All right? He lied right to the face of Jesus. What happened? He did exactly what he said he wouldn't do. And then he ran away. He wept bitterly. The devil tried to take him out. But after Jesus came out of the grave, he went after Peter. And Peter got his heart restored, and then God used Peter to start the church. How cool is that? All right, and here's what Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5.8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. All right, he knew this from experience. He experienced it. Jesus gave him the same warning. He didn't heed it. And because of that, he's saying, hey, I want you to heat it, all right? It's like if your mom said, hey, don't touch the stove when it's hot. You're going to burn yourself. And you're like, hey, I can do whatever I want. It, it can't hurt me, all right? And you touched it, and your mom's like, can't touch this. It burns. And then after you experience burning sensation, perhaps now you tell your kids, hey, I know from experience, if you touch that stove, you're going to get burned. Don't do it. That's what Peter is telling us. Watch out because the enemy, he roams around like a roaring lion looking to, to pounce on you. Job 1.7, Satan had a conversation with God and God said, where have you been? And Satan responded, I have been patrolling the earth. John 10.10 says that the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. All right, so we know the devil is not in hell. He is not a cartoon character dressed in red holding a pitchfork. But he is a demonic being that has demonic spirits on his side, and they roam this earth looking whom to devour. They come to steal, to kill, and destroy. They want to do everything they can to keep you out of the Word of God. They will do everything they can 
to keep you out of church. They will try to disrupt your marriage. They will try to destroy your life. They will try to rip off everything that you have. They will try to attack your mind and get you into such a dark place where you feel you cannot crawl out of the hole. But I want to remind you that there is hope with God. God's word says, I have come to give you abundant life. You can live your very best life, the life I created you to live if you will trust me. So guess what? Today's a day where we're exposing the lies of the enemy and we are going to be aware of his schemes. He's a liar. He's the father of all lies and he is defeated. He only has the power that you give him. Greater is he who's in you than he that's in the world, right? You have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead inside of you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So do not allow him to trespass. Do not open yourself up to him. Guard your heart, your mind, your motives. Get in the word. Know what the word says so you won't be deceived by lies that sound like truth. The devil's purpose is to use demons. He uses people through demonic possession. He uses people through demonic influence. There are false prophets. There are false apostles. There are false teachers and false Christians. And of course, the devil does everything he can to tempt us to give in to our sinful nature. But you don't have to give in. You don't have to sin. First Corinthians 10, 13 says every time you're tempted, God will always provide a way of escape. Jesus already conquered sin and death. We win. We know we win the war. But guess what? God wants you to win your battle the battle that you're in today. So trust him, go to him, talk to him, listen to him, and you will live a life of victory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for everybody that's watching this podcast today. Everyone that's listening, it's not an accident. I know it's a divine appointment that we can receive this message so our faith could be fueled and expanded because your word says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And I pray that we will stand strong, that we will hold on, that we will stand on your word, that we will use Philippians 4, 8 as a filter. I pray that you will watch over us, that you will protect us, that you will keep your angels with us so we can live the life you created us to be, a life of victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right on. 41 Strong, episode 148. It's in the can. That's it. We look forward to seeing you next week. For my producer, Mike Sable, I'm Chuck Tate. We'll see you next time on 41 Strong. PeoriaLife.com.